This week's episode of Discovering Trek is brought to you exclusively by Fansets. Later on in this episode, we'll have a special discount offer code just for Discovering Trek listeners. Discover a whole new universe of pin collectibles with Fansets online at fansets.com. New captain, new ship, old problem. The second short trek in less than a week has beamed down, and this time, problems are multiplying faster than anyone could have foreseen. This backstory about Trablusis ventricosis, better known as our fuzzy little friends the Tribbles, has an interesting twist to their history, but at the same time begs us to ask, is this really Star Trek? Well, let's find out. Welcome aboard, everyone. My name is Dan Davidson, and we are Discovering Trek. Welcome one and all to Discovering Trek, the Star Trek Discovery Companion, presented by Fansets. You know, Cyrano Jones once said that Tribbles were not dangerous, but maybe he didn't have all the facts because as we saw in this week's short trek, The Trouble with Edward, in a confined space multiplying at such a rapid rate, things can get pretty hairy. As always, this is the premier podcast for the most in-depth discussion and analysis about all things Star Trek Discovery, even short treks. And this week, we met a new captain on a new ship, and she had to deal with not only a major crisis, but a scientist who is about as un-Starfleet as you can get. We have lots to discuss about the trouble with Edward, so let's get right to it. And when I say we, well, this is the moment where I get to introduce my trusted partner of this podcast. Oh, I shudder to think what it would be like if there were millions of him reproducing all over the place. That, my friends, is the stuff of nightmares. But here in the real world, he is my special friend, my brother in track, and my amazing number one. He is Bill Smith. Bill, uh, lots of laughs in this one, but also lots of, uh, really? Am I right? Oh, right. You are, mon frere. Uh, thank you for that intro. And I've never heard that Cyrano Jones impersonation before. Never. That was it's really great. First time. It might happen more than once. I hope not. <laughs> uh, but no, it's it's great to be here. This is an interesting short tracks. A uh, lot of different reactions to this uh, on the internet. And I'm sure that uh, our reactions to it might be even a little different from that. Yeah, um, they started flying on social media right away. Uh, I, I will admit that I was laughing a lot, but that doesn't mean that I necessarily thought it was the best short track out there. So we'll definitely get into all the details. Before we do that, man, uh, we're going to start diving into that sea of questions. Like I said, why don't you let all of our wonderful listeners know how they can get in touch with us to give us their thoughts on this week's tongue in cheek short track, The Trouble with Edward. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Well, on the Twitter machines, you can find us at Discovering Trek. And on all the books with all the faces, you can follow us at Facebook.com slash Discovering Trek. In either of those places, you can leave us comments, questions, or even your recipes for triple fricassee. Of course, don't forget, you can also send us a voicemail by going to our website at trekgeeks.com, clicking on the giant blue button on the right-hand side. Please do remember, though, that any comments you might leave us could be used in a future episode of Discovering Trek. Dan. Thank you, Bill. Black alert. Black alert. From here on in, this episode of Discovering Trek contains spoilers. So if you haven't watched Star Trek's Short Trek's The Trouble with Edward, stop listening right now. Head on over to CBS All Access or wherever you watch Short Treks. Watch the episode all the way through the credits, I might add. Then head back over to Discovering Trek. Failure to do that puts you at risk to find out plot developments and character details for the trouble with Edward. And now, without further ado, 
It is the Quadrant famous six-sentence recap starring Bill Smith. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You know, it's much easier to write six-sentence recaps than it is uh, 60-minute recaps. <laughs> uh, I'm going to throw that out there. But uh, but here we go for The Trouble with Edward. <laughs> The science vessel Cabot gets a brand new captain. One scientist named Edward doesn't quite seem to fit in. He loves tribbles, especially medium rare. He injects them with his DNA. The ship is then overrun and has to be abandoned, but not before Edward himself is smothered in tribbles. He was an idiot. The end. Six sentences. <laughs> <laughs> Legendary, legendary, man. Very nicely done. I, I might say that my six sentence recaps are probably a lot better than my full 15 minute recaps of, of complete discovery episodes when we used to do them. I may make you do six sentence recaps for the full episodes of discovery in season three. Oh, I kind of like this idea. Challenge accepted. Go. Excellent. Trainees to the briefing room. Well, as we gather in the briefing room to start our discussion on the trouble with Edward, as always, let's get some high-level thoughts. Thumbs up, thumbs down, and why? And Bill, I'm going to actually start it out this week uh, because this one was tough for me. From an entertainment perspective, it's definitely a thumbs up. I found myself laughing throughout the episode. It was funny and maybe even a bit unbelievable. But I got to say, from a Star Trek perspective, I don't know. Uh, I think I'd have to give it a thumbs down because I just can't believe that a vessel in Starfleet would have a crew that acts that way, even if it's only one person. Whether it's his attitude, his disregard for orders, or casual indifference to altering the genetics of an entire species, it just didn't work for me. That's not Starfleet. So I had a, a bit of a hard time with uh, with a lot of this one. What about you? I'm kind of of two minds on this one. If I examine these short treks as what I hope they've been all along – just short stories that may or may not be tied to you know, the larger canon, even though I, I, I really, you know, don't really focus on canon a whole lot these days. But um, if I look at them in that sense, I really enjoyed The Trouble with Edward. If I look at it as something that's supposed to tie to Star Trek, I don't necessarily like it as much. Was it funny? Yes. Does Star Trek always succeed at humor? No, it actually doesn't. Um, there are very few times where it's actually done so purposefully and done it well. But uh, this is a, a very funny episode with uh, with a great cast. But, you know, it's like you said, I, it, if I have to tie this to Star Trek as a whole and accept this as a backstory, I have some problems. That's very interesting because as we get into the discussion of our likes and our dislikes for the episode, one of the things that I actually liked about this was the backstory you know, let's face it, this is supposed to be a funny episode regarding a funny classic episode of TOS. Um, when, and with that being said, the backstory of the Tribbles is actually quite serious when you think about what happens, and it's quite good for me. You know, discovering that humans are the cause of how they're born pregnant and they had their genetics manipulated by a human really gives it an interesting twist, even though it's somewhat macabre. And it begs the question as to whether Starfleet decided to cover up this whole incident um, since Tribbles were not recognized by Kirk and crew in the years that followed. So, yeah, the, the story had problems in terms of what you discussed and what I discussed. But I actually kind of like that they were able to tie a little bit of a backstory to a species that, you know, really wasn't all that important uh, in the history of Star Trek. 
Well, I don't. Let me let me take a couple of your points before I go back to to where my problem lies with this. Um, I don't think Starfleet covered anything up. Um, you know, I've seen that on the internet a lot. No, it's just entirely possible that the crew of Kirk's Enterprise didn't know what Tribbles were by the time they got to them. Um, that's that's very possible. Okay. Um, uh, there's no reason to think that a grand Starfleet cover up like removing Discovery from the timeline or like removing the Mirror <laughs> Universe from the timeline occurred. Um, they're like you said, they're not an important species. Uh, so why would everybody in the galaxy know about them? I sure. get it. Okay. Uh, with regard to my problem, as far as accepting this as backstory, um, we've seen tribbles in Star Trek Enterprise. Oh yeah. In an episode called the breach, the, the teaser before the credits Flox is introducing a tribble to Hoshi because he wants to use him as a food source for his animals in, in sick bay. And it, he says that, uh, it was extremely difficult to acquire that they're outlawed on most worlds. Um, and Hoshi asks, well, why is it dangerous? He goes, oh, far from it. All it's capable of doing really is eating and breeding. And the problem is they breed quite prodigiously. So we already know they breed pretty quickly and, and fast. So yeah. Edward seems to be a contradiction to something that's already been established. But that's if I, if I put my cannon hat on. Right. And that's why I say if, if I'm going to accept this as a backstory, I kind of have a problem with it. Um, I can accept parts of it as a backstory. Maybe mm-hmm. that this happened 15 years before Enterprise. But as just a piece of entertainment, it's fun. Um, I laughed a lot <laughs> yes. and I and I enjoyed it, but I'm also not taking it seriously. You got to wonder, you know, I know that there are, are tons and tons of people that uh, uh, work at CBS and for Star Trek to make sure that when they're writing a story that there's no canon issues. And you got to wonder if this is just something that people forgot or didn't catch uh, with the Dr. Flocks thing, because it's like you said, it's the teaser part of an episode. So you got to wonder if it just you know flew under the radar and it was missed. That being said, uh, one of the other things that I really liked about this episode, and you just touched on it again, is the the humor, especially the dry humor of H. John Benjamin. You know, um, I have a huge problem with how Edward Larkin is as a Starfleet scientist, and we'll get into that later. But Benjamin's performance was hilarious, and. I was actually concerned when looking at the trailers about how he was going to be, because honestly, I don't know him. I don't know this actor. I've never watched um, Archer. I'm not a fan of Bob's Burgers. I only know him as the uh, we have the meat for sandwiches guy in the new Arby's commercials. So I really didn't know what to expect with a comedy guy doing an episode of Star Trek. Um, But he was great. The character, like I said, we'll get into that later. I, I had to believe he'd do great. I mean, we've had Tig Notaro in, in the second season of Star Trek Discovery, and she herself mm-hmm. is great. Right. I may not be a fan of the character, but um, I, I appreciate what she brings to uh, brings to Star Trek in that sense. Um, and I have I figured it would be the same case with, with H. John Benjamin. I don't watch Archer or Bob's Burgers either. I don't really know him outside of this. I see the occasional Arby's commercial while watching football. Um, but, uh, he, I thought he was, his dry deadpan is fantastic. And I get why people are huge fans of this guy. Yeah. I mean, it was, it it was funny. A lot of the scenes, like when he's having the argument about with the captain about if the conversation is over, totally inappropriate conversation to be having with Starfleet officers, but really funny when you take out that context of Starfleet and just look at it for him being an annoying jerk and, and not wanting to, uh, to give in at all. I thought he, I thought he did a great job. Uh, my last like bill that I have for this week's episode is the visual effects again and again, um, the people working on Star Trek just do such a great job, 
the exterior shot of the Enterprise warping into orbit was just gorgeous. And the exterior shot of the Tribbles filling the corridors of the Cabot was really awesome. I just I just loved it. Even the small special effect during the commercial at the end of the credits with the Tribbles just continually pouring out of the cereal box, something as small as that really caught my eye. And it just shows the level of detail that the visual effects team does on all of these short treks and Star Trek as a whole these days. No, I have to agree with that. I wasn't a fan of the commercial itself. I thought it was just, Mm -hmm. I thought it was a little ridiculous and over the top. Absolutely. I think if they just left the episode as it was, it would have been a great comedic take on Star Trek. Um, And I thought the the commercial was a bit of a misstep. It was, it was humorous. Don't get me wrong, but it just, it doesn't fit, Um, which is the other reason why I just really don't take this short very seriously at all. But uh, but yeah, those special effects, especially seeing the the corridors fill up from the outside, just brilliant, brilliant stuff. Yeah, it was really good stuff. Well, what about your likes? Do you have anything in particular um, other than what uh, I brought up for my three bullet points this week? I have to say, I really appreciated Rosa Salazar as Captain Lynn Lucero of the Cabot. I thought she did great. Her scene with Anson Mount at the beginning was fantastic. Her scene with Edward later on, as you as you mentioned, where there, uh, wh- whether the conversation was over or not, I thought was was carried very well. I thought she was hilarious in her own right, um, and in fact, the two of them paired very nicely. Her and Benjamin. Um, so I thought she was. I thought she was a standout of the episode. Honestly, she may not have been the best captain. Of course, she was brand new, but I thought that Rosa Salazar was amazing. Let me ask you this, and and I should know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Have we seen her in – did we see her last season on Discovery in any way, shape, or form? No. Okay. I wasn't sure if we had or not. Yeah, she did a really good job. Um, I did love that the beginning with her and Pike was awesome. Of course, anything with Anson Mount as Captain Pike is great. I really appreciated the fact that as they were walking down the corridors of the Enterprise, you had that red grate type uh, looking things on the wall. Very nice callback to the original series Enterprise. But the conversation in uh, the transporter room was was a real good one. And it was a very Pike, uh, Pike-ish conversation, if that's really even a word <laughs> <laughs> i appreciated the, the the positive outlook they gave her and even pike called it out you know the, the sort of optimism that she had because that's what star trek is about is optimism and uh, i think that lucero personified that actually amazingly well so if i have to go on to my second like of the episode i have to agree with you h john benjamin was fantastic um it's almost a shame we won't see him again in a way um uh in a way <laughs> because I don't know that I'd want to deal with Edward too much, especially on a, on a real starship. Sure. Um, but, but he was fantastic. And, uh, and lastly, I'm of course, like you said, the visual effects crew, but I have to, I have to call out a particular scene, which I thought was just absolutely hilarious. And that's when the DNA injected Tribble starts giving birth <laughs> and it just starts patoying things <laughs> off the side of the, the plexiglass case. That was hilarious. Hashtag patoining. <laughs> I love that. No, very good. I, I thought it was kind of a little um, a little silly, but a little funny as well was the little triple vacuum in the background at one point. <laughs> <laughs> that was, when you hear the sound effect is really what sells it. <laughs> yes. You know, Edward's like, well, I'm not helping with that. And, you know, throughout that whole scene, you hear the. <laughs> kind of like a reverse patoining. <laughs> uh, they. They couldn't have used that thing enough in my in my book. And I've seen people a couple of you know times online say, well, why didn't they just transport the tribbles out? Well, they introduced in the short that the transporters were down 
because the triples had gotten into the system. Yes. So that's why they, they had to abandon ship because they couldn't beam anyone on or off, including the triples. How many people are going to constantly ask, why didn't they use the transporters during these short treks? All the peoples. <laughs> one thing I did want to bring out in regards to whether we'll see Benjamin or not. One of the things that I really liked about this episode is you have no idea what time frame this took place in. Was it at the beginning of Pike's captaincy? Was it in the middle? Was it was it uh, before season two started? And I think that's good because it does give us the possibility of maybe seeing something more with these characters later. Possibly. We'll see. He does give us a star date. I don't know where it fits. Yeah. Because um, it was nice to have an, an Anson, Lo- Anson Mount captain's log. Boy, I say that 10 times fast. <laughs> um, at the beginning of this episode, I'm like, ooh, this is really cool. I like that. I get used to this. <laughs> Alex <Nice>. Kirkman. <laughs> well, I hope he listens because, you know, he'll take up your uh, your request. And honestly, I have one other like that I have sure. to throw out there. And that is the way that the trailer punked all the people who were going to get pissed off about this Um, because they made it seem like the Tribbles were eating people. They made it seem like it was a horror based a little bit for Halloween. No, no, not even remotely. Not at Uh, all. Nobody got eaten. Yeah. They they used that clip of, uh, of Pike saying, you know, they'll eat you alive. Yes. As if saying that it was the Tribbles. No. Uh, No. So I really appreciate the way that they messed with the people who are going to complain about this anyway. I, I loved it. (laughs) I love the way that the the producers and the creators are able to do stuff like that. It really uh, it really um, shows that they're listening and laughing like we are. So I think that's pretty cool. Well, let's get into some dislikes because I know there are some dislikes in this episode, um, kind of unavoidable. And I'm going to actually start with my my last like. Of course, these aren't ra- ranked in any way, but you were talking about Captain Lynn Lucerno's uh, perf- the performance, and I agree. I thought she was great, but I'll tell you what, man. I could not stand the final scene that she had. Um, Again, to me, 100% not Starfleet. I understand that she's facing an inquiry from Starfleet Brass. I understand that technically it wasn't her fault. Her orders were disobeyed, and as a result, she lost a ship. She lost a crew member, and what happened could cause escalations with the Klingons. Again, more Klingon stuff. But a captain has to be held responsible for what goes on on her ship, And for her last comment of the episode to the admirals to look up and say simply, he was an idiot. I'm sorry. I know this is a comedic episode, but if I have to look at this through the veil of Star Trek, it was wrong. And I would have loved to see and hear what the board of admirals had to say with that cop out. I I don't disagree with you one bit. Um, It is one of my biggest problems with the short track. Even if I take it as entertainment, because you're right, um, that just wouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tried to picture another captain sitting there saying, well, he was an idiot. Would Pike do it? Would Kirk do it? What about Janeway? What about Archer? Yeah. No, none of them. Um, and I get that she was new, but again, this is supposed to be funny. It was a funny line, um, but it was just atypical of what a captain is supposed to be. Yeah. And does it, does it provide a great punctuation for the end of the short trek? It does, but I, I go back to the fact that I'm just not going to take this one seriously at all, even if they mean for it to be a backstory, um, just because I can't take it seriously because of moments like that. Yeah, you really can. Now, look in the real world today. If you had somebody who you couldn't stand working for you and that person just died, literally just died, would you say, oh, well, he's an idiot? It just doesn't fit. Even if it's not Starfleet, that doesn't fit for for pretty any situation. Um, so I found it a little bit disappointing. But to your point, it was a great way to – cut 
end of episode. I thought that that was well done. That was a line I expect to be delivered from Dwight Schrute on The Office, um, not from the captain of a Federation science vessel. Mm, yeah. Well, let's get to the other thing that I thought was a was a, a thumbs down for me. And, and, and to be blunt, this this isn't Starfleet in any way, shape, or form. Regardless of the vessel, I just can't believe that someone in Starfleet would be sending anonymous messages to command to complain about the new captain and call her dumb or arguing with that same superior officer that a conversation is over, or standing in the hallway in his underwear, or disobeying direct orders and manipulating the DNA of a species to change their reproduction, or worse, saying that, oh, I can induce brain damage so they're not considered intelligent. This person's a scientist, and it's just wrong on so many levels. Now, before all the people who complained about how people treated Tilly with her sarcasm and outbursts were wrong because she may have had some kind of anxiety. I get that. And I understand it. And I, I totally agree. This was different. And I just didn't get this one period. Edward Larkin is, is an anathema to everything Starfleet stands for. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're supposed to be evolved in the future. We're supposed to have this respect for all life forms. And you would think that a team of scientists, you know, flying under the Starfleet Delta, would have this sort of same thing. And he doesn't even come close. So it's, it's completely unbelievable in that sense. Um, it's I'm adding, I keep seem to keep adding things to the list of why I don't, I'm not taking this one seriously. And that's probably um, the largest reason of all. Um, <laughs> I can introduce brain damage. No, I think we already introduced that in this episode and it may have been Edward Larkin. Very nice. I like that. Yeah, it, it just it doesn't fit with what we know as Star Trek. And like we've talked about, and people have said it, and we said it already here, and I'm probably going to say more than once. This is a, supposed to be a comedic episode. But some things, in my mind, went over the line a little bit in what I expect, even if it's a comedy episode. And and Larkin and, and how he dealt with things. You're a scientist. Um, yeah, you just don't manipulate a species or, or introduce brain damage because you want to help feed something. Well, and I feel like we have to reintroduce that we actually did like this short track. We yeah. laughed at it a lot. Well, a ton. You know, we were both highly entertained by it. We thought it was a riot. But these criticisms are are genuine because it, it's a Star Trek short track. And um, uh, some of this stuff just doesn't work. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have anything other than what we've already discussed for dislikes for this episode, but no, you and I share the same exact dislikes for the same yeah. exact reason about this episode. Um, the, again, an episode we enjoyed, but like we said, it's, it's got some problematic areas and, and those are that. All right. Well, let's get to some general discussion. There are a couple of things that we've discussed offline during the week since we saw or the weekend, since we saw uh, the trouble with Edward. And we've, we've touched on it briefly here, but let's talk about that commercial at the end of the credits. You saw the short trek before I did um, this week, and you said, make sure you watch all the way through. And to tell you the truth, I had forgotten about what we see in part of this commercial at, in the trailer that we saw earlier this year um, with the girl having the trouble on the spoon. It's funny, but it's just it it feels like it was jammed in, even though it's at the end of the episode. It just didn't it didn't feel right to me, even though there were some funny moments to it. <laughs> we're pregnant with flavor. That was hilarious. Come on. <laughs> um, yeah, the commercial just uh, it really was out of place. Um, it, it it did evoke a sort of 1970s uh, Saturday morning cartoon kind of, of feeling. Yes. Oh, good point. Um, in fact, the whole episode really kind of seems like an episode of an animated series today 
whether it's Family Guy or or one of the other ones, you know, that is specifically designed to appeal to adults, but is still animated. It, I think it had a lot of those sensibilities about it. Um, but the commercial I just thought was a complete swing and a miss. Um, swing and it, a miss. It, funny, but terrible. Okay. No, I, I don't disagree with you at all, man. I mean, you're funny, but terrible. So I guess we can. You know. I, get, I get that a lot, especially in iTunes reviews. <laughs> Let's talk about one other thing. And I, I think you're going to be able to answer this one for me. Um, during uh, past Star Treks, we have been told that Kirk was the youngest captain. But to me, there's no way that Lucerna was older than Kirk. She looks like she just graduated the academy. So do you think, or was it ever said specifically, because I may be misremembering, that Kirk was the youngest starship captain and not just captain in Starfleet? In my understanding, Kirk is the youngest starship captain. Okay. Um, uh, Because starships, uh, certainly during the time of TOS, were the newest, the best, the fastest, you know, the, the, they were these ships of the line and for Kirk to reach captain of that particular vessel, which had a status about it was pretty impressive. Okay. Could he have been the youngest captain in all of Starfleet? Yeah, possibly. Um, but, uh, perhaps her captaincy is stricken from the record <laughs> like everything else in Star Trek discovery. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Well, we can go with that. And, uh, um, I also found it very interesting that we, it looked like it sure looked like we saw Trill on board the Cabot. And that goes to show that Trills have been around for a lot longer than we might have thought when it comes to TNG. Absolutely. She was a Trill. We do know that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen people reacting, well, we don't uh, we don't know about the Trills until TNG. No, we don't know they're a joint species until TNG. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, for all we know, we know about the Trills already. That's absolutely on the table. Um, we just have no idea that there's a symbiont inside of her that is sharing that life experience. So... Um, I thought it was really cool. I thought uh, I thought it was fantastic. A nice little nod to fandom and, and sure. to, to previous Star Trek, especially with the spots um, and not necessarily the nose ridge like they had in the host or the yeah. forehead ridge, uh, which I'm <laughs> fine with. Uh, okay, we'll, we'll pretend that didn't happen. Maybe he was a special <laughs> trill, but uh, but no, I, I was very excited to see a trill. I was very excited to see it also. Um, all right, I'm going to put you on the spot. This isn't in the outline for this week, so I'm going to put you on the spot right now. But all right, let's rank them. Uh, I'm sure Jim Morehouse will appreciate this. Let's rank the six short treks so far. Um, and I'll throw the titles out, not in any particular order, unless you have them in front of you. Uh, well, um, I actually put a ranking on Twitter yesterday, so oh, it's very easy. I'm I, just going to pull it up and read from it. Okay. I haven't actually been on Twitter at all this weekend, so interesting. All right. So, yeah, uh, yeah let's hear them. So wor- coming in at my number six is Calypso. Uh, for me, it's still my least favorite of all the short treks. Coming in number five is Runaway. Um, it, it, Calypso edges it out for the worst one in my mind. And number four is the trouble with Edward. Um, it's funny, but it's down there toward the bottom. And I think that's the only thing that keeps it from being dead last is that I thought it was hilarious. And number three is the escape artist. I loved that one last year. It was my favorite of the ones, um, uh, right after my number two, which is the brightest star. I thought it was sort of one, one a between those two, but I think my favorite short trek overall so far has to be Q and a, the one that we got uh, just last weekend. Wow, that's pretty good. I'm going to hold this up on your camera so you know I'm not lying, but ours is almost exactly the same. Yeah. I, uh, I went through, and the only difference between you and I is I think The Brightest Star is my favorite one, followed very closely by Q&A. I just love the Saru backstory, uh, and that's that's still my number one. So very interesting. We have uh, very similar tastes um, 
except when it comes to co-hosts. <laughs> the brightest star <laughs> is one that still means very much to me in the scope yes. of Saru and that character. I think to me personally, it is the most impactful. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Q&A is just exceptional uh, in its writing and its acting. It's not to say that the brightest star is is bad. It's very close between the two, man. Right. Cool. No, I like it. I just figured I'd throw that in there, a little, little, little curveball for you. This week's episode is brought to you by Fansats. They are, of course, the exclusive sponsor of every episode of Discovering Trek. You know, Dan, we're always so honored to have Lou and John, everybody at Fansats on board, Discovering Trek. And this is going to be the third straight season that they'll serve as our exclusive sponsor. You know, when you work with the best, it makes our jobs so much easier. And Fansats is simply the best. They are simply best. Wow, you were you were some inner Tina Turner there. Oh yeah, Queen Tina, baby. <laughs> yeah, we're not kidding when we say they have the highest quality products, the best customer service in the industry. Uh, they are constantly coming out with new pins. Uh, for example, hey, do you guys like Lost in Space? Well, keep your eyes out for the fourth Irwin Allen pin. It is the Class M3 model B9 General Utility Non Theorizing Environmental Control Robot simply known as the robot and it's coming out soon and it looks fantastic. Also, as we've mentioned recently, new Trek pins like discovery season two Burnham discovery season two Spock and discovery season two. Number one will all be coming out as well as commander non from the enterprise uh, in season two of discovery. They're all going to be available in the near future. So keep your eyes on fansets.com for all these new releases, Bill. Absolutely. So get on over to fansets.com, you know, put a bunch of stuff into your shopping cart and at checkout, be sure to enter the current discount code future. That's F-U-T-U-R-E in all capital letters. Uh, Seriously, they give us these codes because they want you to use them. So seriously, take advantage of it. Get 15% off your entire order at fansets.com and just be awash in pins. Don't forget this special code is going to be available to use until Halloween night, October 31st, 2019 at 11:59 PM Eastern daylight time. A wash in pins, a wash hashtag, a wash in pins. I like that. Fansets. We are Star Trek. And as always, we thank our friends at Fansets for being the exclusive sponsor of discovering Trek. Long range scan of planet complete. So, Bill, here we are, long-range scan. Of course, with short treks, really don't have a whole bunch that we can forecast, but we're going to give it a little bit of a shot here. For me, I'm going to go out on a limb, uh, which I don't usually do because I know I'm always wrong with these things. <laughs> uh, <laughs> last season, we had four short treks, and three of them had specific ties into what we saw in Discovery, mostly from Season 2. Kind of cool. Uh, we had, um, let's see, we had um, a Brightest Star kind of uh, – kind of uh, what's Saru's backstory. We had Runaway, um, kind of Calypso, but we no. don't know yet. But people have so, – well, it's in the future. That's So it's kind of tied together because well, it goes but, the future. But let's dispel that notion for people listening because CBS included the two related short treks to season two oh, that's on true. the DVD. And they called okay. out specifically that there were two and Calypso was not one of them. Okay, so as I said, I'm wrong. I went out on a limb. I've already been corrected. But I still think the short track about the Tribbles is more than just a backstory for the trouble with Tribbles. And I think at some point, either Discovery Season 3 or maybe even Section 31, this is going to come back. It's a long shot, but why not roll the dice? Because it would be nice to see him again because, you know, Tribbles. <laughs> they are not dangerous. What do you got for a long race skin? <laughs> My long-range scan is that Edward Larkin is the Red Angel. 
<laughs> no, no. no. I, hey, why not? At uh, least partly. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I don't really have a long range scan for this one. I um like I said, I if I continue with my mode of not taking this seriously, um I I don't really have a long range scan for it. Other than that, we will never see that character again. Um, or I don't think we'll see uh, Lynn Lucero again either, which uh, I'm okay with. Um. Uh, I think this is just a, a one-off uh, short story, and I'm okay with it. So, all right. Well, hey, you know, you never know. Well, yeah, I, you know, I'd love to see him in a flashback of some kind. That'd be kind of cool to see him just for a quick second. No, huh? no, I'm all good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bill, we now have a few weeks to prepare for the the third short trek of the season, but uh, that certainly doesn't mean we're just going to be sitting around waiting for it, does it? I'm going to be sitting here the whole time. I don't know about you, but this is this microphone. I got to be ready at a moment's notice. You have no life. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> actually true. No, of course we're not, Dan. You know, while we look forward to the next short trek, Ask Not dropping on November 14th here in the U.S. on CBS All Access, we're busy finalizing some ideas for a special episode of Discovering Trek. And while we can't give you specific details at this time, suffice it to say, this one's going to bring the house down. Um, not to sell it too much <laughs> until then remember of course you can subscribe to discovering trek by searching for us on apple podcasts spotify or anywhere you put podcasts in your ears plus now you can support discovering trek and the trek geeks network of podcasts by subscribing to us on patreon get access to exclusive content you're not going to get anywhere else ex- including raw audio of this year podcast along with so many other perks dan Awesome. And speaking of Patreon, Bill, we want to take a moment to recognize the amazing producers we have here on Discovering Trek. We are so grateful and thankful for their support. And they include Ken Tripp, Casey Shafsky, Charlie Mulvey, Chris Trebuzio, Craig Ewing, Eric Extreme, Jackie and Chris Hackney, Lionel Marchan, Matt McGonagall, Mike Bovia, Harry Michelson, Patrick Escudero, Sean O'Halloran, Peter Craig, Ben Russett, Corey Stone, Ken Bird, Jamie Rogers, David Hood, and the lovely and talented Jess Vashon. If you would like to become a producer on Discovering Trek or even get access to the raw audio for Discovering Trek episodes, head on over to patreon.com slash trekgeeks. Well, folks, that's it for us and our discussion of Short Trek's The Trouble with Edward. What do you think, Edward? What do you think of The Tribbles? Hit us up on Facebook and Twitter to let us know your thoughts about the episode and Discovering Trek as well. We thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to listen to us talk about this amazing new chapter in the Star Trek universe. And we look forward to sitting down again soon to talk more about Ask Not. Until then, here are some words of wisdom from Captain Christopher Pike. Don't show any weakness or they will eat you alive. And until next time, never stop discovering. Music for Discovering Trek is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing one song for each episode of the original Star Trek. Download their music at fiveyearmission.net. Discovering Trek, a Star Trek Discovery Companion, is a production of Trek Geeks. Executive producer Dan Davidson. For even more Star Trek discussion, check out the Trek Geeks podcast, available on Apple Podcasts and trekgeeks.com.